0: Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly.
1: Sometimes I do a program and I learn all kinds of things. And uh, the topic today... Um, I will say that, um, while I have experience in my own family, um, many of you know, my, you know, my wife and I don't have children, and so, um, we will never be grandparents. Um, and today we're going to talk all about grandparents. So I'm glad we have a guest that can do that. Uh, she has a new book out on it, on ma- as a matter of fact. And uh, you might even, if you're a crafty listener of this program, remember that we said we were going to talk about this book a few months ago. Uh, Lori DeQuinn joins us. Again, Lori, welcome back to the program.
2: Thanks, Greg. It's great to be here.
1: The Catholic Grandparents Handbook is the title of your, your latest book. Pretty hot on the heels of the last one. I was surprised when I got it in the mail so- so quickly um, the, the subtitle Creative Ways to Show Love Share Faith and Have Fun I would expect nothing less Lori, than if you were writing a book about any of this stuff so um, it already sounds like you but um, so grandparents now uh, um, is this one of those things you've always wanted to write or how did that
2: no as a matter of fact Greg it was a <laughs> surprise to me um, and <laughs> and uh, one of my editors called and she said we really want you to do a book a handbook for catholic grandparents and i was like catholic grandparents who who would buy this book you know and and what difference does it make between being a grandparent and a catholic grandparent and she said to me as she always does why don't you pray about it and talk to a few people sure. and see what happens and I again when that happens I begin to see that it's the holy spirit moving this right. uh not me. And so I did that. I started praying about it. I started talking to other grandparents. I started asking myself what what do I do that's different from what my friends who are protestant grandparents do, you know? I mean, is there a difference? And the more I started sort of edging around this topic, the more I realized, yes, there is a difference um, with Catholic grandparents.
1: Uh, now, again, I learned all kinds of things. Um, I, I was not lying in that intro uh, reading this book because it's stuff I quite frankly don't think about. Um, one, for example, being there is an American Grandparents Association um, – <laughs> I I can't imagine my grandparents ever having belonged to something like that but it just you know but st- again stuff that I kind of don't think about it. so as I read the book kind of you know um uh, not having a real vested interest you know obviously I bring a, a different perspective to it um it was kind of eye opening but in many ways not all that surprising because my first reaction was kind of like what you said to your publisher well who needs a book about this right like don't you just do it cuz that was kind of my experience growing up with my parents and grandparents and great grandparents but you know as i read through the book um we're in a world where it doesn't work that way anymore Necessarily.
2: That's right, and and one of the priests that I interviewed for this was Father James Malin, who um, he was did the EWTN series called Grandparents, and one of the things that he said to me was that grandparents are in a unique situation, but the way that they received the faith from their parents and their grandparents, they are trying to pass on the faith in the same way that they received it to their children and grandchildren. And in a lot of cases, it's not sticking, you know, it's not working. And he said, the reason is that in the last 50 years, our society has gone under a massive, massive, massive cultural revolution. Right. And people are don't operate the way they did. Now, I'm guessing, you know, you might not ever be a grandparent, but you were a grandchild. Sure.
1: <laughs> that was exactly as I read through the book. That was, that was my experience that I drew on. Right. You know?
2: Right. And yeah. the difference, like my guess is your grandparents probably lived very close to you. Yeah. Now... A lot of grandparents are long distance grandparents, and they have to deal with kids that are in one case, in one one family that um, I interviewed, the grandparents are here in Western New York. Four of their grandchildren are outside of Atlanta, and three of their grandchildren are in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like that, you know. Just as a, it was a great story for this book. Yeah, you yeah. Know?
2: And it really I mean, it's it's just different now. In a lot of cases, when I was growing up, my grandmother lived with us. So she was there all the time when I was she was like an extra parent, you know, an extra person in in the household. Now grandparents tend not to be in the same household in that capacity. On the other hand, there's a lot of grandparents now who are raising their grandchildren because of addiction, or um, divorce, or all sorts of uh, all sorts. Yeah, kind of the general
1: family milieu that's part of our culture.
2: It's a whole different ball game, you know. So, so there's chapters in here on dealing with divorce. There's chapters in here on blended families. you know, sometimes, you know, you think of blended families and you think of mom uh, with her kids marrying dad with his kids like the Brady Bunch. But sometimes grandparents, who are both widows or widowers, end up marrying and they have to merge grandchildren, which is not always an easy yeah. – it's not. Well, always then you're an
1: easy one pathway. step more removed. Right. You know? Right. Like, you know, all these kids loved grandpa and all these kids loved – grandma and they don't want to like lose their time right
2: right yeah. right right and grandparents in that situation yeah. have to be very careful not to show preference yeah. you know you can't ever show preference for your biological grandchildren as opposed to your step-grandchildren so there's a lot of there's a lot of issues now that your grandparents and my grandparents never had to face
1: no that's yeah that's very true and uh, of course one of the underwriting you know, kind of things at work here is that just the family doesn't mean, just family doesn't mean what it used to right. in society. And um, if we're being honest, right, the church has been slow to kind of recognize that and have an answer right. for that. right. Right? right. So, you know, again, as I read through the book and, and, and I'm going through the various chapters and whatnot, I'm thinking in some ways, well, it's about time we had a Catholic response to this. Yeah. Right. right. It's about time we have some kind of guidance.
2: Right. Right. And there's groups that are um, starting up. The Catholic Grandparents Association is becoming is starting to spread with chapters and parishes throughout the United States um in the archdiocese of uh, Minneapolis and St Paul they have started their own through their family life department their own grandparent ministry and they have support you know like not support groups but but prayer and sharing groups for grandparents and they have an annual conference every year uh for grandparents in Michigan there's a, a one parish started They took the idea of Vacation Bible School and turned it into a three-day grandparent camp for grandparents and grandchildren to come and do faith sharing and activities and fun things. So there's a lot of things that are starting to come together. I think the thing about this book that was really important for me is I was interviewing all these people, and they were telling me all these things that I have eight grandchildren. That never occurred to me.
1: Uh, see, as
2: a as a grandparent. because
1: I'm not the only one. Right yeah, there, you yeah. go. Right, and so, and so yeah. there were
2: things in there. Like one of my favorites, my my absolute favorite stories, and and I realize this now, is that as a grandparent, grandchildren sometimes will ask you something that they won't ask their own parents. And so you have to be, like, right on the ball in terms of immediately praying for the Holy Spirit for inspiration. Um, One of my favorite stories was this grandmother. Um, She had a a 5-year-old grandson who, before his mother was even pregnant, was already telling everyone that the next time he was going to get a sister— and when his mother did get pregnant um, and the sonogram showed that it was another boy, little Patrick was beside himself. And, and he didn't say anything to his mother. What he said to his grandmother was, I don't understand. I already have a brother and I prayed to God for a sister. Uh. And I'm getting another I'm getting another brother and I don't understand. And his grandmother had the presence of mind to say to him, Patrick, God doesn't make mistakes. There must be some reason that God wants you to have another brother. And that was that was all that this kid needed. And, you know, then the baby was born and, of course, you know, he loves his little brother now and, and all of that, but... Sometimes grandparents are in that position where they can provide an answer that parents are almost like too distracted with everything that's going on. Grandparents have the time and the wisdom to be able to deal with situations like that.
1: Um, you've given me a thought. I'm, I'm going to tie in some of your previous writing experience to, to this, some other previous topics that you've, uh, covered. Lori De is our guest. Her new book, The Catholic Grandparents Handbook, Creative Ways to Show Love, Share Faith, and have fun. It uh this one, unlike the, the previous book, was a uh, uh this is Word Among Us. Right. Um, my brain is a a blank <laughs> who was the other publisher that we <laughs> Our Sunday that's visit. That's right, our Sunday visit. And people are, yeah. I think when we've had you on a lot of your stuff has been, has been through Sunday. them. So this is the Word Among Us. If you're wondering why that sounds familiar, maybe particularly at like Advent and Lent in your parish, you see those those books those little yeah. magazines yes. that have the reflections in that's them yes. so but they also produce great books like this w a u org but yeah where else can they get the book they can Laurie? they can
2: get it here at the catholic center okay. or at, at st gregory's or any catholic okay. store and they can also get it online at amazon.com
1: okay so as you were talking about this this uh one story that that this of this grandmother, and, you know, and having the presence of mind to say, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. I got to thinking about so uh, one thing we've talked about is this notion of come home, right? Being away from the church and kind of coming back to the church. Um, in addition to just the big kind of seismic shift in how we think of family and our society and our culture. Um, We have a generation of people who are now parents and in some cases grandparents where our faith formation maybe was not the strongest – Right, and of course, in many cases, as as we get older, and uh, you know, we see what's going on in the world, uh, we want to be more connected with our faith, right? We want to be grounded, and some people do, as we say, come home. Right, but then I would think you're in a position where, okay, how do I get my kids and my grandkids on board with this? Right, because you haven't – it wasn't like you and I growing up where we had Catholic schools and we were in it every day, right, and, you know, the whole thing. Um, We have a a generation of Catholic grandparents that maybe realize – I'm not sure how I would go about this.
2: Yes, well, not only that, but you have a generation of Catholic grandparents who may have grandchildren who are – being raised in another faith or being raised in no faith at all. Yeah. And, you know, it it's not within their realm of experience in terms of of, of how to deal with it.
1: I, I, I tell you, I'm still taken aback when someone tells me, yeah, we never went to church, whether Catholic, Protestant, doesn't matter. Yeah. No, we never went to church at all growing up I because I can't.
2: It's not within your realm of experience. It, most people I knew everybody went, went to church. church. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But now that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as I was talking to grandparents, as I was talking to um, some priests like, like Father James Mallon, basically what everybody was saying is, number one, you're never going to be able to force them to become Catholic or to practice their Catholic faith. But what you can do— is you can live your faith in such a way that the kids will want what you have. Yeah, um, Father, Father Malence said – one of the things that he said is a lot of the kids, the college kids who were coming for RCIA when he was in uh, campus ministry, were kids who said that they didn't go to church when they were growing up, but their grandparents – went to church and their grandparents would sometimes take them to church and their grandparents, like some of the the people in the Catholic Grandparents Association and things like that, talk about doing things like allowing your grandchildren to see you saying the rosary. And then they will ask you, what is that that you're doing? And then you can explain it. You don't start from the point of, I'm going to show you how to say the rosary. There was another grandmother in in here who wanted to buy a First Communion kit for her granddaughter with a prayer book and a scapular and a rosary in it and a medal. And so she went to a Catholic store and she said, I want to buy this. And the lady at the Catholic store said, oh, we don't sell those anymore because kids don't. Wear scapulars and they don't wear metals. so you should just buy a prayer I, book. I, I'll just
1: give another plug since you mentioned it earlier. We do sell those at the Catholic Union store, so we do still do that. So yeah, anyway. So this
2: grandmother, she this was not this was not a grandmother from Buffalo, obviously. Right there you so go. She said, <laughs> "I they might not wear it, but I want her to have one because I want her to know what it is." So she she went online and she found one online. And she gave it to her granddaughter. Her granddaughter opened it um, on the day of her First Communion. And the first thing she pulled out was the scapular. And she said, what is this? And so that gave the grandmother a chance to explain to her what it was. Does the little girl wear it? Who knows? But at least she has one. And she knows what it is. And it's, she knows that it's part of what it means to be Catholic. It's part of that Catholic culture.
1: Hmm. Yeah, there, I mean there's uh, that's kind of how the book goes, right? Like right. you take a a topic, you know, so each chapter has its own focus and and you kind of tell stories first of all uh, that that kind of illustrate where you're going. Right. But then you you know, then you generally have someone like father who who kind of gives the meat of the matter, right? Right. Like who, the, who's the, the, the authority meat figure. Yeah. yeah. Who's a, yeah. who's the
2: authority in it? Yeah. And some of the topics are are just fun, you know. Like yeah. there's a whole chapter just on fun. I mean, there was one grandmother who talked about how with her with her grandchildren when they were little, she decided that her her grandma's car always stops at playgrounds. So the kids would be looking out the window, and they would see. I gotta find that
1: car. I'm that's right. you.
2: <laughs> they would see a playground. They would all stop. They would play a little bit. Then they'd get back in the car and go on their way. She said her kids now are, are teenagers and young adults, and they still talk about that. Those are the kinds right. of things that grandparents have the time and the energy to do that parents can't always do.
1: Well, and you know, um let me give one of those typical stereotypes these days, you know, oh, kids are more interested in their video games and their phones and, you know, that kind of stuff than they are anything else. Um, as, as I was reading some of the, the stories in the book about, you know, you have a couple things about grandparents using technology and yes. learning how to, you know, FaceTime and all those kinds yeah. of, kinds of things, Skype and, and whatever else and how helpful that can be. But grandparents in many ways can get away with some of the stuff like, hey, let's play Scrabble. Yes. Let's Scrabble. Because the, even if, even if the, Kids aren't interested in the game. It's almost like a, ah, oh, it's just grandma and grandpa. That's just what they do. That's right. But it's, it, it's such an easy door to open.
2: It's an easy door to open. And there's grandparents that are doing things like that with their Catholic faith. Like one grandmother for Valentine's Day sent an email to all of her grandchildren because they're sort of scattered all over. And she said, if you send me back, you know, to reply to everybody, one fact about St. Valentine." And it can't be the same fact that one of your cousins sent. (laughs) Okay. Everybody that sends me back a fact about St. Valentine, I will send you a gift card in the mail. And she said she learned things about St. Valentine. That, that nobody else knew.
1: Well, she kind of asked them to go for obscure, right? That's so right. That's, uh, you so know. They,
2: were, they were getting they – they did their little research. But that's the kind of stuff that can yeah. capture kids' imaginations. There was another grandmother who has been going on a, a mission trip to Guatemala every year for the past 20 years. And when her first granddaughter was graduating from high school, she – inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I'll take her with me. And now she takes each one of her grandchildren yeah. as they're graduating from high school on a mission trip to Guatemala. You know, there's little things like that which, you know, are just incorporating the grandchildren into your own Catholic experience of, of doing something. They, they talked about – one grandmother talked about making sandwiches for home, homeless shelters in her kitchen with her, grandparent, with her grandchildren and then taking them down – to, to a homeless shelter um they were all one grandmother talked about taking her grandchildren with her she is a service dog and they she goes into um, nursing homes and taking her grandchildren with her with the dog and the people in the nursing homes just light up like Christmas trees when they yeah. see these kids and this dog coming in
1: yeah I mean the and the children earn a lot for that and you know in um you know, in families where where both parents work, maybe or single parent homes, and then of course you have all of the regular parent stuff going to football games and soccer games and whatever else, in my band practice and right. that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes the parents can't do those things. No, but the grandparents can. But
2: the grandparents
1: can. And it's the same thing with the, like you say with like with like church. Right. You know
2: right they can take it they can they can but they have to ask the parents first yeah the thing is 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 well, as a grandparent you have to realize that you are not in charge of these kids these are not your kids yeah. they're your grandkids and the parents always have to come first even if you disagree with the way the parents are raising the kids you can communicate that to the parents but you can never indicate to the kids that, you know, you disagree with what the the parents are doing. The parents always have to come first. And we know that even from the baptism, uh, the rite of baptism, you know. You are yeah, your that, child's first Yeah, I learned a lot from that section, teacher. I got to tell you. Yeah, you yeah. are your child's first teacher. The parents are, not the grandparents. Yeah. The, the grandparents are sort of in a supporting role.
1: Uh, now, I... I usually I would never ask kind of questions like this. This is not the kind of show where I go. Well, Lori, tell us why somebody should buy your book, and you know, <laughs> like you know, where you're, where you're supposed to do the big promotional pitch or what or whatever that is. It's just not generally what we do on this show. However, in this case, and particularly because this is a book you never gave a thought to, I never that,
2: gave a thought, not too. even to
1: not just to writing, but about like right. why would you need a book like this? Right. You know. Um, why should people pick up this book and read this book?
2: Well, I think it's affirmation for grandparents who are already grandparents, you know, and I think again it's it's that sharing of experience and seeing what other grandparents are doing. I think it's a great book as a gift for somebody who's becoming a new grandparent. I remember and I put this in the book before my gr- first grandson was born. Um A friend of mine said to me, there's a special love inside you that you don't even know exists until your first grandchild's born. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I mean, how could I love a grandchild any more or any less than I love my own kids? And what I found is she was right. You don't love them more or less than your own kids. You just love them in a different way. Yeah, it's its, its a, own
1: It's just – it
2: has its own yeah. – it's its own special kind of love.
1: I could – and, you know, again, I, I mentioned, you know, that, uh, you know, I kind of don't have a horse in the race here. But, um, yeah, I could tell that with my grandparents. Yes. Growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, you always think – you know, or, or your parents would be the ones that tell you, hey, well, grandma and grandpa were never like that with us. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I see that not in a – In a bad way because, you know, that wasn't – yeah, but that wasn't their job.
2: Right. That wasn't their job. It wasn't their job. And and a grandparent's job. This is different. And I
1: knew that as the grandchild. That's right. This is different.
2: That's right. That's right. It is different. And I think that was – for me, the joy of doing this book was uh, getting all of these ideas and things from and, – and it's interesting because I think I only scratched the surface. I put chap- uh, discussion questions at the end of each yeah. chapter just so that grandparents who want to use this, you know, like with a group of other people will have a basis for, you know, like asking questions and encouraging each other to share even more.
1: Uh, well, I – you know um i enjoyed reading the book and like i said i you know um grandparenting is not in my future <laughs> and i still found it worthwhile it, it really does give you a good um even just to think about maybe stuff we should all think about in terms of sharing the faith in our families and, and how we go about that, whether whether you're a grandparent or not. But for grandparents, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. The Catholic Grandparents Handbook, Creative Ways to Show Love, Share Faith, and Have Fun, written by one of our favorite guests, Lori Duquen. You know, we never have anything to talk about when you come in, <laughs> Lori. It's, you know, it's always such a chore. Um, <laughs> uh, good luck anything Anything coming up or are or, or you taking a break for a while? You had two books in like four months, I, two I think. Two books in four months <laughs> yeah.
2: is a lot. It's a lot. You know, I'm still doing pamphlets yeah. and, right. and things Great. like that. But.
1: All right. Very good. I'm, but I'm sure this is not the last time you're going to grace our – Microphones. No, we always manage not. to find something to to uh, to to discuss. Uh, and best of luck with your book. Where can people get it again? Um,
2: Amazon. They can get it at Amazon.com. They can get it at any Catholic bookstore. Um, and they can get it at the Word Among Us Press um, website, which also has three, I think, three or four. Um, it, Chapters of the book online. So if you want to oh, read so it, can kind if you wanted to read it, then you get it. a taste of it.
1: Very good. Uh, the website is uh, w a u word among us very clever dot org. Um, or you know, if you just Google the word among us, it's going to come up. It, it's and, come uh, up. again. Like I said before, if if that rings a bell with you and you've ever picked up one of those kind of little study pamphlets or, or Advent reflection magazines or Lent, Lenten reflection magazines in your parish, yeah, it was probably them. It, That's it was, the That's it. So um, you're already familiar with Word Among Us and you don't even know it. Laurie, thanks for coming in again.
2: Thanks, Greg.
1: Uh, And we will be back with you again next week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. With all the voices around us, how do we tune in the most important voice? The voice of truth, of comfort and compassion, the voice of peace. Hi, I'm Father Jim Baco for the Catholic Communication Campaign. You can help make that voice stand out through programs like Our Daily Bread and the Daybreak TV YouTube channel, through radio programs and podcasts in the Western New York Catholic and online with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Support the Catholic Communication Campaign. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847 You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.